Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the Eastern Shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Crystal Dads, you're back. Yes. Thank you so much for coming back and speaking with us. So uh, last time you were here, you talked about generally what you and, and your team does in the office of, uh, in the Department of Planning and Codes for Caroline County, asked you to come back to talk about something that gets a lot of chatter out there in the community. And you are an expert at this. Um, you operate the liquor board, you staff it. Um, it's made up of members from the community. So we're going to cover what you know about being able to serve alcohol in Caroline County, um, cover maybe some things of why it's different in some other counties and what's the latest and greatest of this, um, from some legislation that was signed by the governor, um, this past legislative session. So again, I have Crystal Dads with me. She is the assistant director at planning and codes, and she takes care of everything that has to do with zoning and code work. And, and under that falls the, the, the liquor control board, which is the formal name, right? So, why don't you introduce, uh, uh, talk about the members of that board and, you know, how that is set up, because that's really the governing body. Some folks think it's the county commissioners, but that's not correct. Yes. So the Board of License Commissioners, also known as the Liquor Board, is housed in the Department of Planning and Codes. So that's one of those anomalies that we have in our department amongst the other things that we do with permitting and zoning and, and licensing. And the Board of License Commissioners is a three-member board with one alternate that is appointed by the governor on advice and consent of the Senate. Gotcha. And they serve three-year terms as long as they are reappointed, so there's no term limits with that. Okay. In some jurisdictions in the state of Maryland, um, the board could serve as the county commissioners. So it's it's different in each county how that board is appointed or made up. Gotcha, gotcha. But it's a, a member board here. And so what, who are those members right now? Okay, so our chairman is Gregory Eichenbrode. Okay. And he served for well over 10 years now. And our vice chair that just uh, left us, he finally retired oh, no. after 11 or 12 years. It was Nicholas Lakitis. Okay. And Glenn Pluchek. From Preston is our other member, and then Michael Mann serves at our, as our alternate and has for probably the last six years. And since uh, Mr. Lukitas um, had stepped down the end of March, we asked the governor's appointment office if Mr. Mann could step up into that position. And we just got that notification yesterday that he'll gotcha. fill the remainder of the role. So we will be seeking an appointment for the alternate slot. And that's done in a public process. So if anyone's interested, can they just reach out to you and and figure out? Yes, you they, can let them know how to go through that. Yes, and that would be through the governor's appointment office where they would apply for okay. that position. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that's the board. So local folks who've been on the board for a long time. And I think that one of the th- interesting things is how formal the process is. The meetings are every month. Yes, once right? a month. And um, it is, you know, they follow Robert's rules and, and it is a commission. It, it's a governing body for Caroline County. Um, but the folks, from what I've observed, and I hear this from other folks, when you 
get before the board with either a petition for a license or a use or something like that, they're really, they're open to it. They know the rules that they have to follow. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about those rules. But this three alternate member board really wants to help businesses and their community in Caroline County be able to do the business of selling and or consuming, depending on what side you're on, uh, alcohol. So what is the mission of the board? Okay, so the board is tasked with approving or denying applications for new businesses to obtain an alcoholic beverage license or the transfer of a business. So if someone's wanting to sell their business that currently holds a license to transfer that license. They also will approve temporary one-day licenses for our nonprofits that want to have an event. And our fire companies um, have the ability within the law to hold what's called a multiple event license that gives them up to 40 events per year at their fire hall to to hold events under, under a license and be able to keep their alcohol there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned the laws. Is it all state, all county, all local? Okay. So it's a, it's a two-part factor. The laws are found in the annotated code of Maryland. So any new law or change to that law would have to go through the legislative process. And for each county and jurisdiction out there, because it is all the counties in Maryland and Baltimore city and city of Annapolis are included as a jurisdiction in that. And each county slightly varies with what they can do because they've, over time, have made changes to that law, went through the legislative process to make changes. And within that annotated code, the local board of licensed commissioners has the ability to adopt local rules to help them enforce those state laws. Gotcha. So you have the state laws and then you have the local laws on top of that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So sometimes when we hear people um, complain or um, put out information that may not be quite right, they may have come from a different county that had a slightly different law that was local for them that does or doesn't apply in Caroline County. So that's one of the things I think that you're doing is trying to get that advocacy out there through the monthly meetings and through other ways of saying, no, these are the rules. So, can I ask you to give an overview of what, how to get a li- liquor license and the process and what laws fall into place? And I'm speaking specifically to a rumor that's probably as longstanding as the liquor board itself, and that is that chain restaurants can't get a liquor license in Caroline County. So um, is there, can you kind of give an overview of what the laws are? Yes, so that is correct. There is a prohibition in the, in the state law that states a chain store cannot hold an alcoholic beverage license. And a chain store is one that operates two or more stores under the same general management or ownership. So for example, in Caroline County, you will see the debt in Goose Creek and you will also find Goose Creek in Salisbury and you will also find it in Delaware and you may and then our U5 stores in in Fettlesburg and Preston we have two of those and sometimes you may see the Tiger Mart Exxon in Greensboro um, and other Exxons and it's like well they have licenses and you know wouldn't that be a chain store and it's not because they are independently owned and operate operated and they're not under that same uh, management, ownership and management as a Royal Farms would be. So a Royal Farms is considered a chain store because they're under the same ownership and management where the 
different Goose Creeks have independent ownership and management gotcha. separate, even though they have that name. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's a, I think that's a big question. And, and that probably comes from people outside of Caroline County that are traveling through going, well, I can get Royal Farms. I can get that alcohol in Delaware or Pennsylvania or wherever, but I can't in Maryland. But if you just, instead of turning right, you turn left, you could go to the Goose Creek and you can pick up a six pack or, or whatever. So then there's also the question about the chain restaurants. So can a chain restaurant have a liquor license in Caroline County. Yes, and I think that's where the confusion comes in is that there is that prohibition against chain stores, but it also states in the state law that restaurants are not included under that provision. So stores versus restaurants. Chain stores with some very specific definition of what is a chain store cannot. Chain restaurant in Maryland law is allowed to have a hold a local uh, alcohol license. Yes. So all of your Lone Stars, your Applebee's, your Chili's, all of them are not included in that chain store prohibition. They can hold a license. But then that's been conflated. There's been some, again, information about the chain restaurants and um, some of the requirements that go along with generally the liquor license. Can you speak to that? So one of the items, the first and foremost, has always been residency. So that's always the topic when you go to apply for a license. It's always been that if you're operating as a sole proprietor or a partnership, that that sole individual or those two partners were required to maintain a residency in Caroline County and also have had that residency for two years prior to applying. Now, they, if they formed an LLC or they were incorporated, the law allows for only one of those members or officers in that company or entity to meet the residency requirement. Okay. And in 2020, there was a Supreme Court ruling in Tennessee over a residency issue. And coming out of that case was that you could not impose a jurisdictional um, requirement. I'm sorry, not a jurisdictional requirement, but a durational requirement. Gotcha. So there was a lot of discussion in Maryland, um, and there were some AG opinions out there that Maryland changed the law around 2020 to remove the durational part. Gotcha. So it went from required to have a license or required to reside in the county two years prior to saying you had to be a resident at the time you applied and maintain that residency. So since 2020, we've been operating under that rule. Okay. And so this last legislative session, Caroline County, along with Queen Anne's County, had asked for a legislative change to remove that residency requirement. And the bill was put in to remove it for local Caroline County and to require a state of Maryland resident. Gotcha. Shortly before uh, the end of the legislative session, the end of April, there was an attorney general opinion from Brown that uh, advised about that residency and whether it was unconstitutional. There's a lot, lot to that opinion. Gotcha. And the, but governor ultimately did sign the bill on April 3rd. So, I mean, I'm sorry, May 3rd. So Again, we're going to have to have some discussions with our legal counsel on how we move forward with that. But they had also mentioned that this has been a topic of issue since that Tennessee case. And how is Maryland going to handle that? Because some jurisdictions have just said we're not enforcing it based on that 
their legal counsel has advised them not to. So we have to see how we're going to move forward with that. And the hopes are that there will be a statewide bill next year to address that residency requirement across the state. Gotcha. And so when does that, the legislation that Governor Moore signed into to pass, when does that take effect? July 1st of this year. So the law has gone into effect, but as Crystal said, our legal counsel for the county still needs to make sure that we can move forward with the law as passed um, and whatever the ramifications are. So if you are out there and you're thinking you're part of a, a, a partnership or a sole proprietorship or part of a corporation that wants to open a chain restaurant, we welcome you with open arms. And yes, you can serve your beer and wine and hard liquor if you follow the, the guidelines of getting the, the proper licensing. So what are some of the other um, kind of concerns that you'd like to tell someone who may be out there thinking, oh, I want to go ahead and open up a restaurant and have a bar or open up a liquor store. We've talked about the residency requirement. Um, what are some of the other things that you sometimes hear of enforcement comes to mind? Is well, How does enforcement work once somebody has a license? Okay, so one of the other tasks that our Board of License Commissioners is charged with is hearing violations. So when someone does not follow the rules and regulations, uh, one of the um, ones that most people hear about is selling to someone under the age of 21, okay. which is, you know, what we don't want to see happen. And Caroline County does have one part-time inspector, and we try with his part-time hours to visit our establishments at least quarterly and to pop in and just do a routine inspection, making sure they have their proper records on site, they're not selling you know, liquor if they only have a beer and wine license, making sure their employees are certified in alcohol awareness. That's a training that's required as part of having a license for the employees. And just standard uh, items that they look for, your trade license, is current, you have your sales and use tax license, all of those things that they look for. And part of that inspection involves education. You know, our board is very big on education and helping them when you see something out there. You know, we're not out there to just write up a violation and bring you before the board. You know, there's some minor infractions out there. So the inspector will take the time to advise them what they've done wrong and say, I'll come back in two weeks if you don't have your records and we'll, we'll check them again then. But from here on out, make sure you have everything in proper order. Right. And again, going back to what I said earlier about the board, they're, they they take their responsibility very seriously, but they want people to understand what they need to do to comply, not just go ahead and put, put the hammer down. But if necessary, then they, they are charged with that enforcement. Is that yes, correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. So, you know, scenarios, someone could have their license revoked for a, you know, violation. Maybe they've sold to an underage three times in the past year. Right. You know, that's, that's, you know, a, a serious penalty that could be imposed with that. They could have a hefty fine. They could have their license suspended or they could actually have it revoked. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things that we hear out there um, is the requirement for the alcohol awareness certification. So there's a class for the on-premise, the individuals that sell drinks, on site, so like at a restaurant or a club or a bar where you can consume the beverage while you're there, and then you have your off-premise businesses that are your retail stores that sell the packaged goods to go. So there's classes for both because you're going to focus on different things for how you sell that alcohol. And it's roughly a half a day class. And the certification is good for four years. And for many years, we heard out there, there's not enough available training. 
you know, we have to go to Ocean City to find a class and they only have one. It's not for six weeks. And I have a new employee that's starting and I, you know, can't put them on the register to sell because they don't have their training. Right. So a few years ago, the county commissioners did a lot for money in the budget for our inspector to become certified as an alcohol awareness training instructor. Oh, wow. And then we provide those classes. We have two a month, one for the on-premise and one for the off-premise. He'll do those classes right here in Denton at the building. And if there's enough interest in, let's just say, the Market Street Pub or the Denton Fire Hall, you know, had six or seven people and they wanted to host it there, we'll come to them. We'll come to them. We try to make it as convenient as possible to get them their certification. And we've kept the fee low to cover the cost of the work book and the, the class so that it's convenient and affordable for them to get the classes in that they need if they've got a new employee coming. And we've had on several occasions a business say, I, I need a class right away. And right, right. I missed your class and the next one's not till four months. We do our best to try to accommodate them. Even if we have to do a class for two people, we will. So we don't um, offer it to outside jurisdictions because we certainly don't have the time to Right. Focus entirely yeah. on training with just one part-time inspector. So we keep the cost low and we offer it to our Caroline County businesses and employees. And that's such an important part of economic development because the ability to provide alcohol beverages really draws in a lot of people, whether it's a, a festival put on by a nonprofit in which they can get a license or it's a restaurant that is providing uh, that alternative. I mean, there are some restaurants that have decided, no, I'm not going to do that. And they have that market. But for the majority, being able to serve at least a, a beer or a wine is an extra draw. And so kudos to you and your staff and for the commissioners a couple years ago of saying, yeah, let's not make this a burden on businesses. Let's go ahead and provide them what they need and work through that. So that again, that, you know, when you're going to a restaurant and you're sitting down and getting a meal with an alcoholic beverage, that increases the the tip for the the server that increase or the bartender that increases the tax revenue that can come into the county. So it, it's a great economic generator. And, and again, I appreciate the fact that you're looking at that to help those businesses out. Um, let's see. So we, we mentioned talking about maybe what some of the other counties did. So you gave an overview of that. You've got Maryland laws and then each jurisdiction city of Baltimore, the city of Annapolis, but not the city of Ocean City? That's interesting. No, no, they're not. They're not separate. (laughs) And they are Uh, a big jurisdiction. Right. Um, They each have their own, uh, they can have their own um, regulations. So what we hear a lot here in Caroline County is, yeah, but Talbot County does this, or yeah, but Talbot County has this. So can you cover a little bit about what you know, because you're not the expert in Talbot County. They have the crystal equivalent over there. If you have questions, call them. But just in looking at that difference between what Caroline County has to offer um, and and the regulations that we have versus what Talbot County has. Yeah, so being in close proximity to Talbot County, we do often get that question is one of the regulations in the state law is that grocery stores – cannot hold an alcoholic beverage license. So being close to Talbot County, we always get the question, well, why can I go in Giant and get beer and wine, but I can't do that at a grocery store, Food Lion, for example, here in Denton? And that's because Talbot County was given the authority, from my understanding, back in the 1970s, Mm. they got the General Assembly to enact local enact local legislation given the 
them the ability to control alcoholic beverage laws. So there's a small portion in the annotated code relative to Talbot County, which says they have the ability to enact their own laws. So if you go to their local county code, there is a chapter in there for alcoholic beverage law. So they have that ability. They're the anomaly. And they're the the only one. Yes, they're the only one. They're the only one. So again, Baltimore City and City of Annapolis, but not Ocean City. So this kind of really shows how how unique Talbot County is. And I know that I've heard the question put, well, why doesn't Caroline County go after that? Well, it was 50 years ago, right? And so you've talked before, I've heard you talk before about, you know, why there is, some may say draconian liquor and alcoholic beverage laws in Maryland, especially given now that cannabis, recreational cannabis is going to be legal in a couple of weeks. Um, Can you give a little short uh, primer on that history of why Maryland still is so controlled on alcohol? Maryland's not the only one. There are still a number of states out there that operate on the three-tier system. And the three-tier system is how the alcohol gets from the manufacturing plant to the distributor to the retailer. So that's the three-part system, manufacturing to distributing to retail. And that's how that has been since prohibition ended and has not changed and there's uh, a couple of other states in across the country that do operate that same way Um, in maryland and across the country there's also what's called control jurisdictions and licensed jurisdictions okay and in maryland we have four control jurisdictions. That's Montgomery, Somerset, Wicomico, and Worcester. So you'll see three of them are here on the shore. Right, right. And the control jurisdictions means that the county government is the exclusive wholesaler of the alcoholic beverages in that county. So for example, Montgomery County has a Department of Liquor Control, and they are responsible for buying all of the beer, wine, and liquor from the producers, and then they resell that to their retail outlets. And that county also has exclusive authority to sell liquor in those retail stores. And that's done through 25 county-owned and operated stores. Wow. So in those jurisdictions, there is a dispensary that the stores go to to buy their alcohol. Oh, wow. Where in Caroline County, you're going through a distributor. Right. It could be a distributor. You know, we have G&G distributors, Kelly distributors. We have those that are local ones for beer. And then there's different wine distributors and and liquor distributors that they are required to purchase from. Again, on a private sector. Yes. Right. So controlled versus licensed. So Caroline County is a licensed. Yes. We are a licensed jurisdiction. So those are for all, all of our stores are privately owned. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I know um, used to be Virginia or Pennsylvania had the ABC yes, stores. Virginia and North Carolina have the ABC stores where okay. your beer and wine you can buy all over, but the liquor has to go through that ABC store. Okay. And th- so that's somewhat similar than those yes. four years. Yes. Jurors and from meant. what I've researched, there are 17 states in the United States and a few other counties in the United States that do have those control systems. And all the other states and the all but the five here in Maryland are all licensed jurisdictions. Gotcha. So okay. that's private businesses. Yeah. So I mentioned, I'm going to go completely off topic now from liquor, but another con- substance that people uh, can soon use legally, and that is cannabis. So uh, in the connection with the liquor 
is the alcohol. So the governing body for Maryland is going to be the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Cannabis Commission. Um, so they're connecting those three things together. It had been alcohol and tobacco, and now it's alcohol, tobacco, and, and cannabis. But things are so new, right? So the the referendum in November of 2022, the citizens, the voters said, yes, we want to make this recreational use legal. And those are not legal terms. That is just sound bites out there. Um, the General Assembly this past January through April put in reg- regulate or laws to try to regulate that everywhere from enforcement to the sale to the zoning, et cetera. Um, and now the counties and the municipalities are looking into what does that mean? Have you started talking about that with your board and or with your leadership to know what that may look like from a similar type of situation with um, liquor licensing in Caroline County? Yes. So that topic has come up this week as to how the county is going to handle that. Where are we going to allow these as far as zoning? So that is going to be a topic that we will be discussing with our planning commission and the county to figure out, you know, where just like anything else with zoning, where do you allow your restaurants? Where do you allow your grocery stores? Where do you allow your homes, your, your poultry houses? So, you know, where do we want to allow, you know, the, the retail component, if that's what part of that they want to do is is sell it at retail, where do we allow these? And are there any specific regulations um, that we want to, to go along with that? So just like for surface mining and gravel pits, in addition to saying which zoning district they're in and what process they have to go to, there are some specific regulations just to that use that says, in addition to this, you must also comply with these 10 items. Right, right. Because at the state level, in that legislation, it's there's some prohibition of retail around schools and, and some things like that just to protect the citizenry from, uh, to be able to roll this out in a way that's responsible for everybody. Um, And again, Maryland General Assembly has made that decision. And now at the county level, you and your staff have to kind of figure out what that looks like for for Caroline County. So so thank you for that answer. And I I appreciate it. So the next time we have you come back, we may be talking about about that. But there's a whole litany of things that Crystal Dads is responsible for. So we could get more into zoning, more into permitting, a little bit into inspection. So the point is, we're definitely going to have you come back because you are so you're great at explaining some very complex and complicated issues that you deal with all the time that have a direct, really direct impact on businesses in Caroline County. And so I appreciate your time today. Thank you. And as I said, we'll have you come back. Yes, you're very welcome. And I'm be happy to come back and discuss whatever topic <laughs> that comes to mind. Very good. Thanks, Crystal. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights. And look for us on your favorite podcast platform.